two possibilities exist. Either we are alone in the universe, or we are not. Both are equally terrifying. Arthur C. Clarke. I don't know who that is. But that is terrifying. Welcome, everybody, to the Those Canadian Lads podcast, episode two, titled UFOs, A. Eh? Good evening, Brad. How are you today? Good evening, Jeff. How are you doing? I am wonderful. Just enjoying the darkness and the cold, dreary snow of Edmonton, Alberta. Well, when you talk about darkness, what a great episode it is tonight to talk a little bit about the UFO phenomenon. Phenomenon, yes. And uh, that's also a great song. But yes, um, I will say before we dive, do a deep dive into this, um, obviously with these intros you've been doing, you're going to have to just keep upping yourself every single time. You've set the bar too high to start. You wanted gusto? You're getting gusto, <laughs> buddy. I actually, I, I like the opposite of gusto, which is probably what it's going to sound like when I finally introduce anything. So. No, you're doing the next one then. I'll do the next welcome one. To the, welcome to the show. Yeah. This is a recording of my voice. <laughs> so before we die, I go into uh, our topic du jour. Uh, what's on your mind today? Well, there's a few things on the topic. It's awesome to see DJ Dustin Johnson win the Masters this year. Uh, it was a, a big goal on his uh, his target list as a professional golfer. So nice to see DJ. There was a few Canadians uh, in the uh, in contention going into Saturday. That's always a good thing. They they never make it to really Sunday, so that's always good. And unless you're Mike Weir back in you know the '90s, that was that was a good time. I do, I do like that once a year I get to see Mike Weir pop up once more and uh, attempt to try to beat these professionals that have been just killing it for the last 15 years while he's been sitting at home. <laughs> it's it's always like, hey, that's right, it's Mike Weir. Yeah. He won the Masters. He gets to play in this thing for the rest of his life. I wonder, I wonder when he's going to give up the ghost on it. Just be like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm getting killed. Oh, he never will. No, uh, well, if you get a, if you get an ever long invite, why wouldn't you take it? No, I did the I did the exact opposite of what most Masters uh, viewers do. Is I watched uh, Thursday and a chunk of Friday, and none of Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird to watch the Masters on a Sunday without any fans. Um, the roars were gone. You know, you didn't know what was going on because you know you. Well, I guess it was awesome because. Tiger hit a 10, I think, on 12 or something like that. (laughs) I have hit a 10 on a par 3, and Tiger Woods has hit a 10 on a par 3. We're we're very similar to each other. Absolutely, yes. Uh, Both by uh, success in the golf game and uh, owning Jets. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I do not own a jet. <laughs> I do. Uh, I, it, always, it is always good to see a golfer get brought down to our normal level, though. And it's just like, hey, these guys can screw up just as bad as I can going over hey, the water. <laughs> way to fail at your career. Yeah, exactly. But I, if somebody, if my job had, had a camera trained on me the whole time and everyone got to see my mistakes, that wouldn't look very good either. <laughs> so. Oh, no. Not at all. Yeah. No, but uh, speaking of Tiger, I always do like the um, every year that Tiger uh, gets to present um, the green jacket to the next eventual winner. Uh, I'm always reminded that the winner gets to pick the the master's meal and uh, they get to pick the menu. So I don't know. DJ is going to pick sandwiches or something for next year. I don't know. But. Yeah, I've heard that he, he likes sandwiches. 
Yeah, apparently sandwiches are his thing. But I, I always love the reminder that uh, Fuzzy Zeller felt the need to make a racist comment when Tiger had his first one about fried chicken being served. <laughs> oh, man, that, and, that was such, such a 2000 thing, right, man? You, yeah, you couldn't do that then. You can't do that now. And that's just terrible. Well, it's a forever. He'll forever be known as the Grand Wizard Fuzzy Zeller to me. So. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Eh? <laughs> uh, the nice Canadian connection is obviously, you know, uh, Dustin Johnson's married to the uh, the Great One's daughter, Paulina Gretzky. Um, Dustin uh, has done well for himself there, and uh, I, I always love the the fact that Wayne had to get in there. He dressed up in a caddy's uniform. Dustin came back to the house, and he got a good old picture with with the Masters yeah. champion, the Great oh. One. Always looking for some PR. Yeah, that's a wonderful thing he had to do. Like, meanwhile, Dustin Johnson's brother has been under the microscope for since 2013 about how he's a caddy and how they're just dumb and dumber on the course. Effectively, oh, Wayne's just gonna steal his uniform and be like, "Hey, no, I'm better than you now." <laughs> hey, give me that thing. Give me the suit. I'm putting the suit on. Yeah, I'm putting a 99 on there, even though it wasn't. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> I do like too that uh, after DJ's win, which is well deserved, of course. Um, every every meme I saw was him patting Paulina on the ass as they walked up when he won. It's <laughs> like good for him. <laughs> okay, what else do you want to add to this? Because we got to get to the topic du jour, as you mentioned. Well, I, just to be relevant in the news before we get into the UFO stuff, uh, I just wanted to bring up the NHL reverse retro jerseys. Um, I for one. Uh, outside of maybe two or three of the, I think these things are winners. Oh, really? I really well, like these jerseys. Let's do this. We're going to do a rankings show. We'll go, we'll go 31 jerseys uh, against each other. We'll rank them uh, bottom right to the top. And, uh, you know, we'll put that uh, that episode up coming soon on uh, those Canadian lads podcast because uh, obviously we're Canadian and <laughs> we like hockey and we like jerseys. So let's do it. Exactly. I always feel the need to add a new one to my repertoire. So I will be doing so with these reverse retro ones. But, yep, we will tackle that on another day. And I can't wait for your opening for that episode. Jerseys. Just <laughs> wear them. Yeah. They have names on the back. And numbers. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to the topic du jour, because if you've been tuning in and you want to talk about or listen to people talk about UFOs, let's just let's just put the fact out there. I've never seen a UFO. I've seen satellites in the sky <laughs> and the International Space Station once when I was about 15, because uh, the news told me to look outside the window and, and check it out, because it was flying over uh, just after supper time. But... Uh, Let's get into why we're talking about this, and then we're going to dive into the mild obsession that has been created with the topic of our private conversations, and now we're bringing them to the public forum. Of course. I will point out, though, before we get into this, that you said you haven't seen one. You don't know that you haven't seen one. Yeah, that's true. And that's the thing about UFOs. Any argument you want to make for or against them you know, it's all just kind of whatever bullcrap proof you have. But I will say they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, this all starts the, the the catalyst for all this is COVID. You know, we were, you know, we used to talk about this. We used to bullshit about this all the time and whatever. We just kind of UFOs. It's fun, whatever. But something changed in 2020. One was COVID and 
we got really bored after hockey ended, especially for us as Oilers fans early in August uh, when they were eliminated in, uh, was it uh, game four, game four. <laughs> of the best of five series against the Chicago Blackhawks. Kirby Doc, you suck. Um, anyways. Until they played for the juniors. That being said, uh, always going in the background was, and I had seen this in 2017, but it came out in 2020 as a factual Pentagon released you know, video. But in 2017, the New York Times broke a story um, that uh, the Navy had received uh, or witnessed and got videos of uh, unidentified flying objects. Um, It was uh, the 2004, 2005 uh, Nimitz uh, encounter where uh, Navy fighter pilots uh, encountered a UFO uh, the gentleman's name is David Fravor. Uh, look it up. It's amazing how, one, he's an elite fighter pilot. Two, he's trained on observing things. And three, his mind was blown uh, on what he saw. And he doesn't know what it was or how to explain it or um, where they're from. So uh, that uh, that raised the attention a little bit. It got a little bit of play as the old Haha, UFOs in the... Um, mainstream media back in uh, 2017, but 2020 hits. COVID's raging. People are freaking out. And then all of a sudden, a news story just kind of slips through the grasps of everyone. (laughs) And the Pentagon comes out and says, yes, these videos are real. We don't know what they are. And nobody paid any attention to it. That outside of the fact that the the question of UFOs or extraterrestrial life existing in our universe, which if, to me it makes no sense to make the argument that we are the, be the only life force in the universe, but it, it just doesn't make sense. But the most perplexing thing is, and we kind of briefly talked about this in the last episode, but nobody seemed to care. Oh well, well, we had technical difficulties. <laughs> The good old people at Squadcast will be hearing from me very shortly. <laughs> <laughs> they just retweeted our podcast today. We went live on iTunes or Apple Podcasts today. Oh, wow. Yeah, very exciting. You still need to share your on your personal account our, our podcast with the yes, world. I will, I'll, I will get myself social socially media relevant very quickly. So here's the thing. like yeah. We were just talking about, obviously, UFOs. Let's get back on track. Yeah. People don't give a flying hoot about real UFOs. Like, what's wrong with people? No, even at my age now, I this is some of the biggest news of my lifetime. Like, as a twelve-year-old, I would have had to rip the toilet out of the floor. I would have been so excited. Like, this is unbelievable news, and people just do not care. And I, I don't know where we went wrong as a society to not get excited at the potential a potential other alien race visiting this planet. Okay. So I've got various theories. We're going to get into those various theories on why people don't care, but like back to the, to the footage. It's amazing. Like the videos are amazing. Um, I'll try to link it up to the website there. They were actually released and obviously credit those people because they did an amazing job, but it's uh, from the, to the, 
Stars Academy of Arts and Science, led by the one, the only Tom DeLong from Blink-182. And Angels and Airways. Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know that band. Um, or is that a show or a band? Yeah, it's a band. <laughs> it's okay. A band. <laughs> he might but not here, be in it. But here's the thing. It's like, it, it, pretty amazing. Like This guy you know, has pretty much brought top um, people in this field into the realm of you know, the public eye. Now um, he brought in the guy who was running the Pentagon program called ATIP, A-A-T-I-P. Um, his name is Lou Elizondo. Um, and they've created a show. Obviously these guys are all under like strict non-disclosure agreements. So they can't actually say what they have seen or, you know, whatever, but they're coming out and doing, their new investigations through this group. And then they put a show on um, the history channel, um, which now I can't think of the name, but it'll come to me again. But um, we'll just like history channel.com into our thing. <laughs> sure. What the hell? Um, but uh, unidentified. Yeah. Cause that makes sense. Um, it's called unidentified. Um, there's two seasons, <laughs> there's two seasons of it, but they kind of dig deeper into the Nibbets encounter and some of the other Navy encounters that were uh, part of the video footage that happened. And uh, it, it's, it's really interesting, you know, obviously you just see the video, but now they have interviewed and put on camera the, the guy who ran the radar and, you know, this guy has come out and said, They've seen, no, not just one of these things coming out of the atmosphere. So they're going up and they're coming out of the sea. Uh, so they can go thousands of miles an hour. And this radar operator said there just wasn't one. There was hundreds, you know, entering the atmosphere and they were tracking it by radar. And that kind of just goes back to what's going on. And it's a, obviously 2020 is really weird. As a year, obviously, we're in a pandemic and people are just hypersensitive. Of, you know, you've, you've seen the memes of like, you know, it's October and the aliens are in the background and waiting to go through the door. It's our turn next, you know, like murder hornets and crap like that. Right. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just it's, it's amazing that people haven't stepped up and opened their eyes to this phenomenon. That's truly if it's not 2020 and there's not a global pandemic and a, and a presidential election, that's like no, none other. Um, this truly is the, if not the story of this millennium, it, it's the story of all time. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's obviously, it's very exciting. Um, oh, one of the things though, I, uh, you know, when it comes to uh, an argument, and we're not going to have an argument, but we're a, an argument in regards to UFOs. Um, <laughs> the, there is definitely uh, an exuberance and excitement that comes with uh, footage of this ilk. Um, obviously, uh, we've had a few shows revolve around um, the Tic Tac video. Uh, you know, you, uh, you'd put me onto another one called the phenomenon, which I watched and I'll offer some thoughts on that in a minute here. But the, the, the one thing that I, as I said, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here and I'm going to do it from a place, uh, of love because I am a believer. I, I do think that as I said, I think it'd be naive to believe that 
um, that we're the alone in the universe. And I do believe there's this, there's um, life beings that are just, they're ahead of us when it comes to uh, technology and everything like that. But I don't want to discount what we, especially from a military standpoint, have figured out how to do. Um, obviously, you have a, a Tic Tac flying video that gets picked up by radar. Um, no, no disrespect to any of the uh, players when it comes to who is operating the radar, who is flying the jets. Uh, I believe there was four pilots who had witnessed uh, what was on the radar and what was on the uh, what they thought they had seen, of course. But in regards to a military operation, they could be testing things out in regards to how good are one, their own pilots and their own uh, radar operators, but two, how good their technology can be against their own technology. And one of the things I kind of want to draw attention to that is that um, you go back to uh, the 1971 program that was uh, retired, the SR-71 Blackbird. So this is 50 years ago. They had drone technology on that aircraft. And that's going back to one of the fastest, most stealth uh, planes that the American military had ever produced. It had a drone that was capable of doing something similar to what the plane was. And then after 50 years of technology advancement, everything that's going on, obviously we have Lockheed Martin. uh, They have their ICBM, Intercontinental Ballistic Missile Killer. Uh, I said, there's a video online that we'll try to link that as well. I'm not going to take credit for, I found it, <laughs> but I didn't make the video. <laughs> <laughs> we're good at researching. And we're good at, we're good at Googling. But, <laughs> but in the fact of the matter, there is this Tic Tac entity that is capable of floating and moving around it. I have no idea what the top speed of the thing is or what it's capable of past that. But I would just like to point out that although there's things that seem miraculous to us, there is a possibility that we actually did create this thing as well that we've seen just, in the radar. Honestly, I know you just watched the uh, the documentary by James Fox, the phenomenon, and uh, I've seen it now a couple times. I had to rewatch it a few times because I knew you were going to come in, you know, as a skeptic because I know you believe, but you're also uh, cynical. So uh, uh, I wanted to see, you know, what we'd be coming down and what kind of conversation we'd be having around it, but. The problem I have is that before there was major media, before there was, you know, 24 hour news cycles, things like that, the sightings that happened in the 40s and 50s in this documentary, um, the Washington flap that until this year, I had no idea about because they don't want people talking about this stuff. They they don't whoever they are, they don't want people coming out and talking about it. And I just find it amazing that I think it was like, was it like 1952 or something like that is Washington, D.C. Multiple reports on multiple weekends of UFO sightings over the Capitol buildings, you know, radar track, fighter pilots trying to track it down. Again, credible sources. Here's the thing like that really kind of struck me is that these people aren't making money from their their sightings. You know what I mean? Like they're coming out and it's not like they're on the news every day or getting, you know, a lot of attention. There's been the, the weird ones where guys are, you know, write their, you know, alien abduction, you know, um, uh, books about their experiences and things like that. But, and that's a whole nother realm, but like just the sighting side of things from this documentary, um, 
I guess going back, like, what would you give it a rating for somebody who's like, okay, I need to watch something about this topic. I, well, what's your thought? You're talking about the phenomenon. Yeah. So here, here's my thoughts. I'm not going to give a whole diatribe about the movie. Now, part of my thoughts are going to be based upon, and I'm going to ask you an honest question here. So we're talking about infatuation with UFOs and the belief that there's something out there. When would you, like, we've talked about UFOs, uh, to the, lo- to the loyal listener, Brad and I go back a long way. So there's a good chance we had a conversation with this 20 years ago. If you caught up in episode one, we've known each other for 20 years. 20 years, yeah. yeah. So the the one issue I have with the movie, and it's not even truly an issue. It was, it was an issue with my viewing experience, is that UFO and paranormal stuff, and listener, please don't think I'm totally crazy, but... I've been infatuated with this stuff since I was a kid. I I read the books. Unsolved Mysteries was must much must watch viewing. Same with X Files. Um, I just I had an infatuation with this stuff. I still do. So when I'm watching the movie, if you're um, if you're new to this information, it's a great jumping off point because for the first forty five minutes, it's going to go through a quick roundabout history of UFO um, UFO experiences and history within the United States. And then it touches on a few other countries as well. For me, I was kind of like, all right, well, I've already seen this type of stuff. And then the part that kind of bothered me about it is I noticed that in all of the examples they gave, they always made sure the example was the domed spaceship. And one of my favorites is the Phoenix sighting where the Phoenix sighting was a triangle that hovered over Phoenix for, I'm going to say an hour, but maybe it was 10 minutes. I, I don't know. But they actually cover that in that uh, on season two of Unidentified, where they cover they cover those uh, UFO sightings, especially the Phoenix uh, lights. And they also touch on um, how they're always seen around nuclear installations, either nuclear power plants or nuclear missile sites. And, no, uh, in regards to the like, as I said, like it, I think it left out a few stories that could have been so, said that differed off. Hey, here's a lot of convenient stories that are similar: a domed UFO flying around the place. But here's some other examples of spaceships that may have looked different. Uh, I also kind of find it uh, convenient that every child, every person, explains the that the aliens look the exact same: big gray heads, big eyes. Uh, slit mouths, who knows? And it's just like, it always seems to be the same thing. So I find it very convenient when people are putting out this information. Uh, but in regards to the movie itself, as I said, fantastic uh, jumping off point in regards to UFO history within the United States. Um, the second half of the movie is where it really got interesting for me. And I really enjoyed it because they, they touched on a few things in regards to obviously recent history, uh, government not wanting to effectively talk about the matter, which is what you just said. Who are who are these people that don't want this information coming out? My my theory is that pe- they don't want people to be have mass hysteria. But that didn't happen in 2017 or 2020. So why not just th- let it all out now? So well and that's the whole there's that whole like if you dig into like Twitter, there's a whole like UFO disclosure community that I have no interest in like, I like to just sit in the peripheral and kind of watch and be like, ah, that's some crazy shit. But uh, <laughs> the, the one thing that really struck me was, so last night 
one of the videos I watched is like talked about, you know, Dr. Jacques Vallée, who's in the, the documentary and uh, the big name uh, Project Blue Book. I guess that's the U.S. government's 1950s, you know, Air Force uh, group that in, in investigated and tried to debunk most of of what's out there, be it, you know, cloud formations or, you know, people weather balloons, d- dinner plates up in the air, weather balloons, things like that. A kid flying a kite, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, stuff like that. But the really interesting one was this Dr. Jacques Vallée. I never heard his name, but I, I, I heard the name uh, Dr. Hynek before. Uh, and then I think there's like a showcase show called like Project Blue Book or whatever. And yeah. but whatever. But um, from the one video that I watched, and it was kind of a crazy one. And the guy talked about, you know, third watch uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That actually happened. And I'm like, OK, I'll watch it. So Dr. Hynek and... Uh, Jacques Vallée were um, uh, helping, I guess, uh, Steven Spielberg produce the movie. Like they, they gave him, they were, they were key contributors to the, uh, the information and content in the movie. And uh, some of the reading up on it is that, you know, if you've seen the movie and this is the first time I watched it, I literally just watched it last night. um, A lot of it is based on potential actual events, how actual, whatever, but like, you know, if it did it, if it did happen, it's amazing, right? So, um, I, I don't know if you've seen it, Jeff, but Close Encounters. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed the movie, but basically, it, it surrounds sightings, uh, and then watching the early parts of the movie and seeing some of the like the footage that's coming out right now. People are posting online of current, you know, sightings. Looked very eerily similar to not only what was in the documentary, but what was also in uh, on online. What people are are actually shooting right now, and it just became eerily and more eerily similar to what's going on. It was kind of cool to kind of take what I'm now you know you know researched and looked into over the last couple months, and now look at you know this movie from the 70s, and you're like, oh wait a second, like there's a lot of reoccurring and weird kind of coincidences that kind of align with, you know, what's going on right now. And uh, um, the basis of, of guess the movie is that it's first contact and it's again, gray little aliens that are child sized that continue people see in their sightings uh, from not to ruin the movie, but the phenomenon, but you know, they <laughs> spoiler they, warning for a movie that came out 40 years ago. <laughs> no, no, this is the, the documentary that just came. Oh, out. the documentary. Sorry. Sorry. They, yeah. you know, it basically ends. I don't give a shit. I'm going to say it. Like it ends with the sighting. Uh, is it over Zimbabwe? Over uh, a, yeah. a school in Zimbabwe where uh, 90 children, not only saw a UFO, but they experienced uh, contact with, uh, essentially these beings that are in the UFO. And that was about, I want to say 30 some years ago, Harvard, you know, you know, professors, media, psychiatrists, psychiatrists all interviewed these children. And then they come back 30 years later to do this documentary. And they vividly talk about the experience, you know, basically, you know, you get the assumption that they saw something and then the headmaster of the school who downplayed it back in the day 
comes out and says, no, these children saw something, they experienced something, this happened. Um, Because obviously people change, uh, our experiences have changed. And I think people are more now open to this type of um, experience, I guess. And I personally, like, I'll throw it out there. I'm not that interested in seeing that. Like, I'll be, I, I think it'd creep the F and not crap out of me. I think, I think it would stick with you. Um, but you, uh, I knew that part of the movie would, you, well, you, you told me it stuck with you and, uh, it's something that really, uh, kind of drove the point home for you. Um, you would, you said earlier in the podcast, I'm more of a cynic and I am cynical in regards to people. I do believe there is a motive, uh, somewhere. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. But I, I do believe eyewitness encounters, um, even something as vivid as this, uh, people go into court and they mistestify all the time because they, they can swear up and down that they saw something. But how do they, you mistest? Like, they saw but, a UFO, Jeff. But we do. But they do it all. They do it during a murder trial. So these are I, kids. They yeah. have no reason to make this up. Kids lie. Kids lie all the time. <laughs> Come they, on, man. Kids lie as early as three. I think it's even earlier, actually. But but I, I do. But this is going to kind of bring it home a little bit. So it was said, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit cynical when people are like, oh, I swear I haven't changed my story, blah, blah. And um, in the first season of Unsolved Mysteries, that's currently on Netflix, uh, or first part of the first season, there's an episode uh I, I should have grabbed the name before the podcast here, but it's a UFO encounter in uh, South, sorry, the Eastern seaboard of the United States. And it goes through three townships and multiple people having the same story. And once again, they bring these people back 30 years later and they're like, I swear up and down, this is the exact same thing. I was hovering. Listen, I'm not necessarily saying that you're lying, but I'm not lying. I'm just saying I'm not, what I saw on a TV show. No, no, no. I'm not saying you're lying. I'm saying these individuals. I'm like accusing them of lying. I just yeah, a little bit of take a little bit of grain. I'm gonna take a grain of salt with it. You take it with a grain yeah. of salt. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's just really it's not to me actually that part of the show was unsettling. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. The but the part uh and you you addressed the the central figure I wanted to talk about really quickly, and I don't know a lot about Jacques Vallée. Uh but the one part I really liked about it was he had uh, he had brought min, uh, elements from what they believe is a crashed spaceship for scientific analysis of what it was made up of. And now, uh, obviously, we're watching a documentary. I don't know if the guy he brought it to is in cahoots with him. I, as I said, but when you have artifacts and you're going to do scientific analysis on what is made of and you're like, hey, listen, this is actually something unique. We don't have this here. That's when I'm like, okay, something is happening. This is actual proof. It's not an opinion. It's not a memory. And I'm not saying we have to jump off the phenomenon movie here, but that's why when I watched that Bob Lazar documentary. I was just actually going to bring that up because the guy who did the Bob Lazar documentary is like Jeremy something or other, but he's like, this is, that's when it gets getting a little kooky for me. Like the Bob Lazar Oh, see, I'm, Doc, I'm, yeah. to- I'm totally into the Bob Lazar. See, I thought I, 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 I'm a skeptic of that one. Yeah. I I kind of think that something happened to that guy and that he was involved in something. But uh, when you're aligning yourself with like, uh, it just seems like too uh, 
I'm going to profit off this. And they're like, oh, he doesn't profit from anything. But like, I don't know. It's this James, just James Fox one. Um, truly, you know, that one, it hit home because you're, you're getting government officials. And I know government officials can lie, but like a Harry Reid guy's like dying. Like, what does he have to, you know, Gordon Cooper, who's one of the Mercury seven astronauts. <laughs> yeah. You know, like these guys are credible military, you know. I I have to admit, when I was watching the movie, I had my computer up and I immediately Googled Gary Cooper psychosis or something. Because I just wanted to see if something came up. Cooper. Yeah, I just wanted to see if something came up. Like, is this guy actually a madman or something? I didn't do that for every guest on the movie, but. You know, it's, it's uh, he's a pretty amazing uh uh, individual like to go up into space, be one of the first people to be shot up in a rocket that yeah. they didn't know if it was going to work or not. Um, these were, uh, you know, test pilots in the U S Navy, the Marine Corps, the air force. Um, the right stuff is currently on, it's a new uh, series on Disney plus. Um, it's based off the same book uh, that the movie was created in the 1980s. Uh, and uh, I highly re- recommend it. I've been watching it. It's really, really good. Well, I, I haven't dove into that. I'll have to steal someone someone's Disney Plus log on <laughs> or to get on that. I also got to watch The Mandalorian, speaking of space. Oh, it's so good. But um, but in regards to other shows, and I'm, I'm not going to do a deep diatribe on it because I've encouraged you to watch it, but um, and I'm, there's, there's parts of it that are not that super exciting, but Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, History Channel did a season eight episodes of um, researching and going about uh, trying to find scientific findings on Skinwalker Ranch. And that one for me is very interesting. Um, Obviously, there's tons of UFO phenomenon going out there. There is um, uh, Native American culture uh, stories going on in regards to the Skinwalker and what uh, shamans were able to conjure up. But they're doing digs on this ranch and they're finding metal objects under the ground that are that are possibly radiate causing radiation poisoning amongst some of the researchers. Dudes are going to the hospital because of growths on the back of their head while digging. And this is an area, like I said, like uh goes back to like Bigelow being interested in it. Robert Bigelow. Robert Bigelow, who yep. you know, they touched upon it in the phenomena as well. He he encouraged um uh, the U.S. government to get involved in researching this type of stuff. There is things out there that are very unique, and we're probably now in a heyday of information flow coming to us, both through you know actual websites, but well-made shows and documentaries that are shining a light on this. Yeah, I find the stuff like that unidentified show on uh, um, History Channel. That's really good. Uh, you know, it's that Lou Elizondo, he was the lead of ATIP. He has connections with Harry Reid, U.S. government, uh, U.S. government. Um, also within uh, Tom DeLonge's group is Christopher Mellon. He's the guy who <laughs> apparently leaked the videos while he was in the government. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they interviewed John Podesta, who that name might ring familiar. He was actually Hillary Clinton's campaign manager. Uh, worked in the Clinton presidential um, uh, office when Bill Clinton was in was in office. So um, they're always there's these people are 
have come out and tried to release information, but there seems to be a, a tight hold on what they can release and how they can release it. And then it kind of gets into, you know, if you really want to go down the paranormal, you know, track is that there's potential people within the U.S. government who have very heavy Christian backgrounds and they feel that, you know, the UFO topic is demonic. Oh, yeah, of course. And don't forget the lizard people. The, the reptilians. People, the reptilians. They want to hold this down as well. The Palladians and the reptilians. The Palladians, yes. <laughs> yes. The Nordic people. We'll, we'll be coming back to the Palladians before December 21st. So. Yeah, we'll, we got to end the uh, podcast on that note. But uh, yeah. Well, it's as I said, there, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there. Uh, the quality of the information coming out is definitely better than it ever has been. I know by listening to this podcast, you probably haven't been like, oh, well, these guys finally convinced me that it's totally legit. We're just giving you a bunch of information and probably where to go find it. Uh, another great way to spend an hour is watching Ancient Aliens. <laughs> oh, no, uh, that show's garbage. <laughs> no, that, that show's great because you watch it for an hour. It's only 15 minutes long. It just recaps itself before before and after every commercial. It is the best way to like lose an hour of your life for no reason. <laughs> was Jesus an alien? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. It's just perfect. And they got that guy, the Greek guy who's like, it was aliens. <laughs> love it. <laughs> but I, I I know it's a it's an interesting topic. It's just I guess why we wanted to talk about it today though is that it's just I find it very strange that the information that's being released that's credible now it's verified nobody gives a flying f yeah i will i will say that there are probably some people who do care deeply and you and i are one of them but to bring it back to the canadian lads connection and bring it even closer to the alberta connection the great people of saint paul oh man they yes. they built a ufo landing pad it's been up since, I believe, 1967. Uh, they believe it's a, a good symbol of uh, welcomeness. And what a gift for the centennial <laughs> of Canada. Yeah, and inclusive, inclusivity. I praise the people of St. Paul. I am so glad they could do this. So. I was in St. Paul this summer. I did not see the UFO landing. Oh, pad. how could you not go see it? I, we just missed it. It just wasn't on top of mind because at that point I was not thinking of the great UFO topic of 2020. So that was why I didn't check it out. But you're right. It is amazing. If you know, what's the best part though. Let's okay. Let's just throw this scenario out there. First contact. It happens in St. Paul as opposed to like in New York. Nobody knows. <laughs> yeah. I think there's like, it's a very like Catholic community. I think there might be even like, what's the thing where uh, the nuns are and stuff? A seminary? Yeah, there's like a set. I think there's a seminary or something like that. So that'd just be awesome. It's like, <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Iku, I know I'm an alien. <laughs> it's like, oh God. <laughs> well, I'll tell Praise you what. Jesus. <laughs> we'll go do a live podcast there. And hopefully in the course of that half hour to 45 minutes, we'll make contact. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to go there for a podcast, but <laughs> it would be a great road trip. That's no, it seems like a really far place to go. And if we're going to go on a roadie, we should probably go to somewhere nice in Alberta or Canada, like the mountains or Vancouver or somewhere a little bit stronger. I'm not going to say better, but stronger. Strong. We'll bring a picture Paul. of St. Paul. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, I look at the topic. Obviously, you know, we're getting into like the passion about, you know, what's going on with it. 
what would your reaction be? Is a question to you, my friend. What would your reaction be if all of a sudden on the news it flashes up that first contact has been made, there's video evidence, um, our lives are changed forever? Well, rewind history three weeks ago and another (laughs) 60 years. But right before Halloween was the anniversary of Orson Welles' War of the Worlds radio broadcast, which sent people into a frenzy who were 100% convinced that we were done for, that the planet was gone. And they did a fantastic job on that broadcast. I would be in that camp. I'd be running around in circles in my living room, freaking out. I don't know what I would think I would do. I'd punch an alien in the face, but... I would be losing my mind on listening to every single word spoken of it just on the edge of my seat. And you? Yeah, I think I'd be, I'd be very confused internally, you know, like it, it, it honestly, no, like thinking about it, you know, obviously it's like a topic that right now it's like, Oh, this is really like really interesting stuff. But when it becomes real, like you look out your window and then all of a sudden you're like, what, what is that? And it's not going away. And then it gets, you know, you know what I mean? Like things that we don't know or have never seen before. It, it is troubling because at the end of the day, their technology uh, would be way more advanced than ours. Um, they are going to be way more advanced than we are. And why are they here? Is it peaceful? You know, have they, here's the other theory I'm going to throw out there. And, and this is my theory on it all. They've been here ever since we've been here, which is maybe crazy, but I think that um, there's something to it. Well, I will, uh, I will certainly hope that, uh, you know, your friends, your, the children in Zimbabwe, I really hope that their message was right. That they, It seemed they, like a very peaceful encounter. It did seem like a very peaceful encounter. And it was a message of you need to take care of yourself and this planet. I hope that that's what it comes down to. Well, let's just throw it out there. We are not currently taking care of this planet. So that's strike one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take them right off. Yeah. <laughs> I and told those kids in Zimbabwe. The, the good news would be that if they're going to come back now, Ren and Stimpy's going to be back on TV. So maybe they'll be happy to see that. <laughs> so. Maybe they invented Ren and Stimpy. Maybe, maybe. Maybe the aliens or the Simpsons giving us a, a look into the future. Maybe. Simpsons has been right before. So I, I just think it's pretty pretty awesome. I think we could go on this for a lot longer because the last thing I researched last night was Project Serpo where Ooh. it's the same premise of the movie uh, close encounters of a third kind where 12 astronauts went to their planet and vice versa they and probed them maybe because <laughs> that we've seen, we've listened to a few podcasts that you thought well you hooked me up on a few and there was one on alien harvest oh yeah <laughs> which yeah. has a lot of probing which nobody really wants to hear about neither <laughs> and i don't really want to talk about because it's as disturbing as shit hey you gotta be prepared for what's coming man <laughs> well that's a thing it's like yeah they're here oh no my butt hurts 
<laughs> Prepare your diddly hole. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I will say I do. This is not a topic for one podcast. I think this no. is going to be an intermittent topic. It's going to be addressed routinely amongst other things. Uh, it's part of our lives. Well, I think it's going to be more because James Fox was on a podcast the other day and uh, he mentioned that uh, there's some potential very, very big disclosure type news coming down the pike. And, uh, you know, we'll probably talk about it then. But that being said, you know, this is the Canadian Lads podcast. We didn't really touch on much Canadian other than St. Paul, beautiful St. Paul, Alberta, the pride of the alien landing pad from the Centennial <laughs> 67. But uh, going forward, you know, I'm looking forward to talking about, you know, things that we love, which specifically is hockey, which we're getting more news about the start of the National Hockey League coming up in January. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that, Jeff. I am too. We'll talk about... We'll touch on the reverse retro jerseys next time. We'll talk about our hopes and dreams for the upcoming NHL season. And uh, actually for the juniors coming up too. That will, With no hockey going on, that will be a point of excitement. And if we get a lot more listeners on the UFO topic, we'll just shift to a paranormal UFO uh, podcast. Which we have not that much knowledge to touch on. I think we've covered most of the base here. <laughs> no, no. We'll just keep rehashing it over and over again. It'll be great. <laughs> it was aliens. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that being said, this was episode two of those Canadian Lads podcast. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, we look forward to hearing some feedback on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, Jeff, any last comments? No, uh, just keep watching the skis. The what? <laughs> oh, the sky. I can't, I can't read. <laughs> All right, there we go. The Illiterate Labs Podcast. There you go. All right, thank you. Good, good evening, Brad. Good evening, Jeff, and thank you again for listening. Have a wonderful day. <laughs> <laughs>